New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Cy Montgomery. She's the author of The Soul of an Octopus, A Surprising Exploration into the Wonder of Consciousness. Cy, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Oh, thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to have you. So I would love for you to talk about octopuses. Their physical structure is very different from us, and they live in water, not in the air, and yet they display an extreme intelligence and consciousness. So what have you discovered in your relationship with the octopus? Well, you're right. I mean, they are so different from us that you'd have to go to outer space to find something weirder. Their bodies don't start with the head, go to the, the thorax, and then go to the limbs. They go body-head limbs. Their mouths are in their armpits. They can taste with their skin. They have no bones. They can change color and shape. They, they're just like alien creatures. And yet, you can make friends with someone like that. Someone like that can recognize you as an individual and single you out as someone they feel like hanging out with. And they share with us an amazing array of emotions and capacity for intelligence that we recognize. In addition to all these superpowers that they have unique to their kind. How do you know that they single you out? How do octopuses get to know certain people? Well, for my book, The Soul of an Octopus, I spent several years getting to know individual octopuses at the New England Aquarium. I also met octopuses in the wild. But from getting to know octopuses at New England Aquarium, I frequently had the experience that it was very clear when you'd open up the tank, the octopus would look you in the eye. Oh, it's you then decide to come over, often changing color with emotion at the excitement of seeing you. They would reach up and want you to put your hands in the tank, want you to pet them, want you to play with them. But they didn't do that to everybody. Some people they did not like. Some people they wouldn't come near them. Other people they would squirt them in the face with freezing cold salt water. And I'm not the only one who's made this observation. There's all kinds of scientists who have observed this as well. And we know for a fact from controlled experiments using volunteers who are dressed identically that octopuses recognize us by our faces just by looking up through the water at us. They will recognize someone who has consistently given them a delicious fish and always move over to say hi, whereas If you've touched the octopus with a bristly stick, if that person consistently does that, the octopus will be like, ooh, there comes the guy with the bristly stick. And even if you've left that bristly stick at home, they look at your face and they'll scoot away. So if you say they change colors, how quickly can they change colors and what's their repertoire? Oh my gosh, I don't know if anybody has actually cataloged all the different things these guys can do. 
with the colors and patterns that they can make. They can also change the texture of their skin. They can change their size. They can do spots. They can do stripes. They can make a passing cloud display. You know how when a cloud passes over the sun, you can see on the ground or on the water, you know, this kind of dark, almost like a water stain on silk moving. They can look like the coral that they're hiding in. They can look like a poisonous flatfish. They can look like another animal with more or bigger eyes. They're just amazing, and they can do this in less than a second. And this is totally under their voluntary control. They will make decisions about, okay, what do I want to look like, based on what they're seeing going on on the ground. For example, if they see a prey item that they would like to sneak up on, they might want to remain completely hidden. But let's say a hungry shark comes by. Well, they might want to stay hidden, but if the shark spots them anyway, they might want to change their color in yet a different way so that the shark thinks, oh, wait, that's not an octopus. That's a poisonous flatfish. I'm not going to eat him. Or let's say another octopus comes by. They, we believe, communicate by using different colors and pattern displays. And we've seen this varying with the, the species. There's one place called Octopolis in Australia where there's terrific video of octopuses um, interacting with one another. And a, a big octopus will try to scare another one by puffing himself up and turning black and looking like the helmet on Darth Vader. And the other <laughs> octopus, signaling, oh, I'm scared of you, I'm going to go away, turns white and then fades away like Casper the Friendly Goat. <laughs> That's great. Sai, when you first approached the tank. What was your reaction when you first touched an octopus? Oh, man. Well, her name was Athena, and I had gone in March of 2011 to New England Aquarium and asked the Aquarius if I might actually interact. And uh, when he lifted the lid, she looked at me, came over to investigate, and her arms started coming out of the water. And almost without thinking... You know, I wanted to plunge my hands and arms into the water, and her suckers quickly engulfed my hands and arms, and I realized that they can taste with their skin. So she was not just touching me, she was tasting me. Now, if a human had begun tasting me so early in our relationship, I would have been pretty alarmed. And I realized that not everybody would like necessarily the thought of an octopus covering their skin with their suckers. But I was absolutely thrilled. I was not for a moment frightened. I was thrilled because what was evident to me was that this animal, this animal separated from me by a half a billion years of evolution, was just as curious about me as I was about her. So do you think that she recognized that in you, that you continued to be you use the word thrilled, and you continue to be curious. Do you think that that really helped the whole encounter? Yeah, I do. I think that that works with people, too, and it works with lots of different species. And I'm not sure how they can tell, you know. I mean, people can tell because you look in the person's face and you see in their eyes that they're happy to see you. You can look into the face of someone and, and see if they're frightened of you or disgusted by you as well. Dogs and cats, we know how to read the position of their ears and the way they're erecting their, 
their fur, if their tails are thrashing or wagging or what. But with an octopus, I just kind of knew that she wasn't afraid of me, and she just kind of knew I wasn't afraid of her. It's possible that she could taste it because they are tasting your skin, and they may be able to even taste beneath your skin. And, you know, human neurotransmitters are a chemical substance that they may well be able to perceive. Maybe she was tasting the fact that I was delighted to meet her. Right, it could be. You know, one of the indicators of intelligence, we say an animal or a a species is intelligent or has intelligence, is their ability to play. So can you say something about the octopus and their ability to play? Yes, octopuses love to play. And Aquarius have known this for ages. In fact, there's an octopus enrichment manual that zoos and aquariums who keep octopuses have to help them come up with interesting games to play with octopuses to keep them from becoming bored. And they recommend that you give octopuses the same toys you give your children. They love to play with Legos. They love to play with Mr. Potato Head. They, they like to put things together and take them apart. They'll unscrew jars just for fun and sometimes screw them back together. They love to manipulate objects, and they do it just for fun. And I think that that's one reason that the octopuses that I met, even though they aren't very social species with each other, I think this is why they like to be with humans, because we're fun to play with. Ah, lovely, lovely. And, you know, I'm thinking also, Sai, these octopuses can be really dangerous because they have a venom like a snake. They can bite. Their beak is very, very strong and can be really very painful if you get a bite. And I'm just thinking, when we're with such a dangerous animal, so to speak, or one that is capable of being so lethal to humans... It seems to me that it's a tremendous thrill to be accepted and to be in their presence in a gentle sort of way. That is really true. And it also speaks well of octopuses, that they are so strong. You know, a single sucker can lift 30 pounds, and they have 200 on each arm for a giant Pacific octopus. And they hardly ever bother people in any way. Like most animals, they're not out to get you. And I was never frightened with any of the wild or captive octopuses I ever met. I mean, you don't want to do something that's going to scare or irritate the animal, whether it can hurt you or not, because you don't want to be irritating, going through your life irritating animals. But most animals really have no desire to hurt you. Most animals are stronger than us in many ways. But when you think of it, a dog could kill a person very easily. They can bite through sheet metal. But sure. do they do it? No, they don't. What about a horse? I mean, here's a really big animal. And yet they do stuff for us all the time. So octopuses, if you meet one in the wild, say if you're scuba diving, there's no need to be frightened of the animal at all. I wouldn't mess with it. I wouldn't bother it against its will. But um, some of the things that they've been made out to be these devilish monsters in literature and 
they're just gentle giants. There's so many stories in your book, so I recommend it highly. You'll just be delighted by all the stories. But there was one as an example of how an octopus can learn something, and you describe someone who had an octopus, and she would feed it, but the octopus didn't always see where she dropped the crabs in that she was feeding her, and the crabs were alive, so they would go into hiding, and the woman would point her finger. Can Do you remember that story? Yes, I sure do. That was Nancy King and her octopus, Ollie. She wrote quite eloquently about this. And what's interesting is following a pointing finger is something that not every animal can do. Wolves can't do it. Dogs can do it. Octopuses understand what a pointing finger means. And so Nancy would drop the food in, and if Ollie couldn't find it, she would use her finger to point to where it was, and Ollie would go over and get it. So they were, you know, hunting food together doing this fun thing together. It was very sweet. That's so sweet. And also, some octopus and their human companions enjoy watching television together. Yeah, I thought that was a riot. Not all animals really understand what's going on on TV. Some do. There's cats who just go crazy when they see fish or squirrels or stuff on the TV. But some animals don't seem to pay any attention to it at all. Octopuses do apparently like TV, and they particularly enjoy cartoons with the bright colors, which is funny considering that their eyes don't process color. Their skin might. We don't really know. But they love lots of action and lots of color. And people who keep home octopuses, it's quite an undertaking. I should warn people, it's not like keeping a couple of guppies. It's a big deal. But people who do keep home octopuses are advised to put a TV near the tank so that you and your octopus can watch TV together. You know, all of this really speaks to how these kinds of relationships enrich our lives. Can you say something about how getting to know these octopuses, they have enriched your life? Wow. Well, you know, a lot of people have asked me, what did I mean to them? And I don't know. I think I was friends with them. But I do know what they mean to me, and they have changed the way I understand what it means to think and to feel and to know. What they have done is they have expanded my moral universe, and I think they've enhanced my compassion for all life and my appreciation for all minds. And that makes me feel far more at ease and far more delighted to live on this earth. Oh, thank you so much, Sai, for being with us and going out with that beautiful, beautiful thought. I've been speaking with Sai Montgomery, and she's the author of The Soul of an Octopus, A Surprising Exploration into the Wonder of Consciousness. And if you'd like to know more about her work, you can go to her website, SaiMontgomery.com, and she spells her name S-Y, SaiMontgomery.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe. And I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, 
to subscribe to our newsletters or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.